This is To The Point with Marcus Amick, where we cut through all the noise to discuss the things that matter most driving the world of automotive sales. Let's get to it. Today's guest is Paul Eisenstein, contributor to NBC, Forbes Wills, publisher of the DetroitBureau.com, and juror for the North American Car Truck and Utility of the Year, NACTOY Awards. Paul has over 40 years of experience covering the auto industry. Hi, Paul. Hey, it's good to be with you, Marcus. Yeah, Thanks for joining us on To The Point. Paul, let, let's get straight to it. What, what was your biggest takeaway from the LA Auto Show? Well, uh, there's a couple different things we can say. Number one, it was just plain good to have an auto show. You know, we've, we've only had uh, one other show, real show in the U.S. this year. Chicago did uh, host a limited show. Uh, so it was nice to get eh, just a little bit closer to normal. Uh, that said, it certainly wasn't fully normal because we did not have uh, the the sort of you know wall of introductions running by us. Uh, it was a lot smaller show than we would have would have had in the past. Let's let's talk about all of the electric vehicles. Uh, there were a lot there were a lot of them there, right? And there seems to be a, lo- a lot of new new companies sort of making their way into the space. What does that say about where we're headed? Yeah, when I looked at the uh, preview, uh, particularly the the vehicles that were going to be launched during news conferences at the, the LA show in the convention center, it was essentially all electric. Uh, and virtually all of those were pure battery electric, not just hybrids or plugins. Uh, there were a few non-electric vehicles there. Porsche had a few models that they brought out. Uh, but everything introduced at the convention center itself was electrified. And virtually all, as I said, pure electric, which is, which is just striking when you think about it. Uh, we, we had major manufacturers like Hyundai and Kia with, with some concept vehicles, uh, we saw the Nissan Aria, which will be their first new, all-new electric vehicle since the, the introduction of the Leaf. And then we had what I find quite interesting, a lot of startup companies, including one coming in from Vietnam. Uh, VinFast introducing not just one, but two all-electric models that they plan to put on sale in the United States sometime next year. What do you, what does that say? I mean, you know, there's, there's this, there's this conversation about electric vehicles that, 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 you know, is it real? Are we, are we, we know that there are the companies are, are building the cars and everyone is focusing on the industry on electric vehicles, but is it real? Yeah, I think at this point it is real. You know, we, we saw a lot of manufacturers a decade ago, start bringing out electrified vehicles. And, and by that term, I'm talking about everything from conventional hybrids to plug-ins to pure battery electric or, or BEVs. And, and most of them were what you might call compliance cars. Uh, they were put on the market primarily to meet government mandates in states that had uh, particularly tough emission standards. California, of course, uh, and other states about to, well, now I think it's what, 14 states have adopted the ca- the tougher California standards, Washington State, New York State, Colorado, Minnesota, and so on. And, and so 
they they really weren't true you know true mainstream vehicles they were largely limited uh and even the ones that may have been sold in places like michigan or alabama uh, there wasn't much demand there so uh, what what we're seeing right now are electric vehicles that have a lot of things going for them and that are developing real interest in in parts of the country that you wouldn't think about going electric and I'll, I'll, I'll leave an asterisk there, Marcus. We can talk about whether there really is demand across the country, but you're starting to see it. And certainly in places like California, uh, EVs and particularly BEVs are taking off. I, you're out west, so you know what I'm talking about. Uh, everywhere you drive, on the 405, uh, down in L.A., uh, up on I-80, up in, in San Francisco, there's Teslas and other vehicles everywhere. What is that? What does that say, Paul, about the future of automotive retailing? We don't hear a lot of people talking about that, other than when you, when you look at companies like Tesla and say that they have shifted that that business model. But what does what does this say about where we're headed when it comes to the the more traditional idea of automotive retailing? Well, first of all, you've got to accept the fact that uh, we're going to see a lot more. EVs in all their forms, electrified vehicles, and particularly BEVs, as we go towards the end of the decade. Uh, and, and there are several reasons for this. Uh, one, you do have mandates in California. You do have new emission standards on a federal level. And uh, President Biden has set uh, out a target of going to, what, 40 to 50 percent of the market will be plug-in of one form or another by the end of the decade. Uh, and And sales numbers seem to be suggesting that Americans are taking notice. Uh, Sales of EVs doubled just during the first half of 2021, and that has continued to grow through the rest of the year. Uh, So so there's no question that it's starting to gain traction. And one of the reasons is that there's a lot more of these vehicles on the road. Uh, If you look at what people are saying at the various car makers, what executives are laying out in their plans, we're going to see a lot of electrified vehicles. Now, General Motors, they're talking about having, what, 30 BEVs or BEVs on the market by the middle of the decade. Some of those will only be sold in, say, China or other parts of the world, but most of them will be available here. They just launched the GMC Hummer. Uh, They have the Cadillac Lyric coming. They have more vehicles coming through the Buick and the the, uh, Chevrolet brand. Ford has had a real hit with the the Mustang Mach-E. VW has done very well with the ID4. So the more products that come out in more market segments, the broader the appeal to consumers. Now, the question I'll ask you, are you talking about just the, the growth in sales, or are you talking about how these electric vehicles are going to be sold to the public? Because that's another question entirely. Let's talk about how these vehicles are going to be sold to the public. What, what, what kind of shift are we going to see there? Well, we're going to see some pretty important shifts. And it's not happening just because of electric vehicles, but because of a lot of factors, including COVID. Uh, COVID Well, even before COVID, we were starting to see more and more Americans, perhaps the majority of Americans, going online at least at some point during the buying process, right? Uh, 
J.D. Power a few years ago said something like 80% of Americans did at least some homework online before they went to buy a vehicle. More and more, we're doing various parts of the buying process, whether it be connecting to a dealer online or, or beyond that. And during COVID, particularly when we saw all the lockdowns, that was in many states the only way you could buy a car. Uh, right now, uh, as, as uh, one of my acquaintances over at Ford told me recently, uh, they're probably two to three years farther ahead in purchasing online than they thought they would be pre-COVID. Now, add the fact that you have Tesla in there and Polestar and others that want to completely transform the entire buying process. Uh, this could be a challenge for dealers because some automakers want to virtually eliminate dealers or make them factory owned. Uh, and in many cases, even if, if, the, if the conventional, the traditional dealer remains in business, they're going to do a high percentage of their, of their sales process online. Uh, people will buy from home. Uh, dealers will deliver cars to home or office, wherever you want, to take delivery. And even, even when there's service, more and more dealers now are picking up vehicles at home or office. So many people will never step foot in a showroom ever again. You know, you, you, you mentioned, you mentioned the, the, the number of, of, of new companies. We've talked about that, of, of new electric, electric vehicle companies, EV companies that are sort of getting into the space. Um, so, well, Paul, when we talk about sort of this shift that's going on in the industry, this this movement towards more EVs um, and these sort of new companies that are segueing into the space, um, the, the NACTOY uh, finalist list really reflects that to a large extent, doesn't it? Well, the, the NACTOY finalist list reflects a lot of the changes going on. Uh, you know, we have three categories and there are three finalists in each. And one of the finalists in each of the three categories, car, truck, and utility vehicle, one each is an all-electric, a BEV. In two categories, those are completely new startups. So uh, in the passenger car of the year category, we have uh, Lucid with the Lucid Air. Uh, and then in Rivian, we have the R1T, which is... Uh, which is the uh, truck nominee. It's it's a brand new pickup. And I've driven both of them. And I have to say, they are marvelous first-time efforts. Uh, if, if I, I think it's going to be a very hard choice for uh, the 50 members of the NACTOY jury to decide what, what model they're going to pick because uh, now they have really serious all-electric competition. And I should notice, note, by the way, Last year, the Mustang Mach-E was the first electric, uh, all-electric finalist in the utility category and won. So I, I think that's a sign of how times are changing. We don't, we don't have much, much time left, Paul, but one of the things that I want to touch on is this, this sort of, if you will, evolution in luxury. I think if if you look at sort of what has gone on outside of the world of automotive, you, you start to see these trends where these premium and these uh, typically more exclusive luxury brands are changing sort of um, the way that they approach uh, development and design. 
um, and sort of catering to some general consumer needs. And I, I think one of the vehicles that kind of might that that might highlight that to some degree is the, the new Range Rover. And I say that because it is now going to be offered with an optional third row. Are we in the midst of of, of some transition or some evolution in the luxury space? Oh, there's no question. Uh, the 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 traditional luxury sedan or coupe or roadster uh those are all but dead like the rest of the industry uh consumers are now looking for luxury what we would call luxury trucks in the old days uh, luxury crossovers or suvs if you prefer um it's just the way of the world right now so that's that's one of the most important changes Another change, as you know, the new Range Rover will have an all-electric option. So increasingly, luxury is going to be electrified, whether it be conventional hybrid, plug-in, or all-electric. And by the way, that actually fits very well into what you expect from a luxury vehicle. Electric drivetrains are extremely quiet and very smooth, but they also deliver tremendous performance. That's one of the biggest surprises I think people find when they get into an electric vehicle, at least the new ones. Incredible speed. The the Lucid Air not only delivers up to 520 miles range, for example, but it can also, depending on the version, launch from zero to 60 in barely two seconds. The the more that I I listen to, to, to your to your sort of insight on this industry, Paul, the more I am convinced that regardless of what people think, there is no turning back from electric vehicles now. No, no. Electrification is real. It is here to stay. It's more a question of the pace of the transformation. The transformation's real. Uh, now, will we see everything go to pure electric or will we see some mix of hybrids, conventional and plug-in as well? Will we see uh, hydrogen fuel cell vehicles find a niche as well? Those are the questions I can't answer. How fast this will happen and exactly what the mix will be, that those are the uncertainties. But I have little doubt that by 2030, the vast, vast majority of vehicles, I don't care if you're talking about work trucks, Uh, mainstream vehicles or luxury vehicles will use some form of electric or electrified drive. Well, Paul, I really want to thank you for taking the time out and and providing us some insight here on To The Point. It's been a pleasure to be with you, Marcus. Thanks. Now, back to the noise. 